Well, folks, it's good to have you here. This is the first of our Generation podcasts, and we're hopefully going to do this every week. And it's just going to be a few folk in a room talking about lots of different things, uh, certainly to do with mission and evangelism in, in, in Scotland. And today I've got uh, my friend and my pastor, Neil McMillan. Uh, Neil is one of the luminaries of the Free Church of Scotland and certainly very much part of a generation network. Neil, good to see you. Great to see you also, David. Okay, so if I was to ask you what your passions in life would be, what would you say? I love Jesus. Uh, I love my family. I love eating out with my wife. Love a bit of sport. Sport? Uh, who, who, what sport are you into these days? Well, I'm an old man, so I do a little bit of jogging and a little bit of cycling. Don't play football anymore. Okay, what's your team? Uh, I'm a Wraith Rover supporter and have been for okay. many years. Well, they'll be rejoicing in the streets of Wraith tonight, won't they? That's supposed to be a funny... <laughs> As is my silent response. Clearly it wasn't very funny for you. Okay, so one of the things we're going to talk about today, among many other things, among in this eclectic discussion, is going to be Generation 19. Uh, let me tell you what Generation 19 is. It's a period between 1st and 10th September when various congregations in the Free Church of Scotland will be doing various missional outreach things. Um, what that will be is absolutely the choice of the local congregations. What we're doing essentially in Generation is giving some publicity and we're going to spread the word and we're going to try and just get it out there to get folk to pray about it. That's one of the things that we, we can do as a church and a network is to encourage one another and to pray for things. So remember Generation 19 in your own church, ask your leaders what you intend to do or what they intend to do and maybe you could also give them some ideas of, of things that you'd love to to do so some outreaches uh, Neil just uh, I want to bounce some some things generation 19 is as as we know local churches doing some evangelistic programs so what do you think about programs so I think Generation 19 is a great idea because we all talk about evangelism a lot, but we're all plagued by a certain reluctance as well. So sometimes something like this, it just gives us a little push to say, get on with it, is really helpful. I mean, evangelism is always relationally driven. It's people telling other people the good story of Jesus. Uh, so most evangelism is about building great relationships with your colleagues, your neighbours, uh, your friends, the people you socialise or play sport with. But we need some events and some programmes to tie people into so that they get opportunities to meet other Christians, to hear the Christian story told and expressed in a way that they can understand. So programmes or events can be really helpful in that kind of pathway of leading people towards Jesus. Sure. Would you agree that people do evangelism and not churches? Or is that a false dichotomy? I think Jesus puts the church on mission and I think that the church wants to think through evangelism in a collective way. Sometimes we can say to individuals, you know, you, you need to share your faith, you need to be a great witness. And then they feel uh, a little bit guilty, a little bit trapped, like I don't know how mm -hmm. to do this, mm -hmm. I'm not very mm -hmm. good, I'm not doing it, oh, I'm a terrible Christian. Mm -hmm. 
when I look at mission in the New Testament, you know, Jesus is always on mission with his disciples. Paul's mm -hmm. on mission with others. Mm -hmm. And I think our sense of the church of the body of, as the body of Christ should really help shape how we think about mission and evangelism. So it's something that we do together sure. and help each other do well. Yeah. Would you say there's a bit of a mixed economy because you get like Paul in the lecture hall of Tyrannus, you know, it's like a, a midday service, you know, Jesus in the synagogue. So you've got these almost programs, but you've also got, you know, Philip talking to someone in his chariot. Is that, is that the way it works in Scotland today? So you've got Jesus eating with people, you know, you've got uh, Jesus walking on the shore with people, you've got uh, so many different kinds of ways in which people are connected to Jesus, to the gospel. So I think you've got Paul in the, in the, mission, in the, in the Hall of Tyrannus speaking publicly, but you've got other people bringing their friends, their colleagues and their neighbours. So you've got people who are great at articulating the gospel publicly. You've got people who are good at socially, at making friends, creating networks. You've got people who are good at hospitality. And so mission should see the body of Christ in its diversity and with its variety of gifts, using those gifts together in a way that helps everyone evangelize well. Great, yeah. Okay, so we're in Scotland, that, that's our thing, Scottish accent. We've got a church with a Scottish accent. You, you, you've done a lot of thinking about the gospel, about the church uh, in, in Scotland. What's the situation like just now? So Scotland is a country that has changed more quickly than many others in terms of the rate of secularisation. So Scotland has become more secular more quickly than almost any other English-speaking country in the world. So I think that's left the church in the back foot that we really feel quite disorientated by the pace of change sure. and how quickly people have turned away from, from Christianity. And that leaves a lot of churches feeling quite pessimistic or defensive and some Christians feeling, oh, you know, things aren't great. But if you look at what's really happening on the ground, there's, there's a real huge drop-off in what's called religion by obligation, a kind of more cultural view of Christianity. But there's a... There's, there's a there's still a growth of religion by choice, people choosing faith, actively choosing faith. So we should have some optimism then that there are still many people out there who will respond to the gospel. And as good Calvinists, you know, we believe that God has his people that he is calling to himself. So that drives us forward in mission. And we see lots of really good uh, areas of growth as well as areas of decline. Mm -hmm. I think, though, that there is a huge challenge for the denomination that we belong to, which is the Free Church of Scotland, about how do we keep reaching out and moving forward. And Generation 19 is a great way of just encouraging everyone, think about this and uh, move forward in how you are doing mission together. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons why we use the word generation is, that, you know, we think it's a great word. You think of generation, you think of power, you know, a, a generator. You think of generation in terms of legacy of past, of of past generations, of future. So that ties in with our, our Presbyterian view of the church being, you know, over many generations. Um, generation speaks so of relevance. Um, generation 19 is really just the gospel for 2019 and that's what we want to get over. Neil, I remember you saying once you, you've got this stat about churches 
closing in Scotland and churches opening. I think you're mildly interested in church planting. I think I heard that. So can you tell us what that stat is? Well, the equivalent of 120 churches close every year in Scotland. To get back to where we were 30 years ago, we would need to plant 7,000 churches. And so numerically, that's how that would work. So I think in the last sort of 15 or 16 years, there's about 1,800 churches have closed and about 300 new churches have started. On the ground, what that means is that there are now many communities in Scotland where there is no Bible-teaching, gospel-centred church. There's no community of believers who are actively living out their faith in that community. And so the gospel is becoming more inaccessible to people. Mm -hmm. And we want to redress that balance by starting new churches uh, for communities in Scotland that don't have access to hearing the word preached and seeing the word lived. Okay. So, going back to a kind of Generation 19 thing, a typical thing would maybe be you've got a, a curry night um, for the church. It's maybe in the church or it's out there in, in a local restaurant. Have you, have you any ideas about the benefits of using your church building or using what they call the third space or, or public space? Are there pros and cons in, in both? I think different kinds of events can reach different kinds of people. And, uh, you know, so I kind of talk about low bar invitations. What's a really easy invite? If I'm somebody who's wary of church or scared of church or burnt by church, what's an easy thing for me to attend? So uh, we ran some events last week as part of a mission and uh, we used a hotel. And that was a fairly easy invite for people. They weren't being invited to a church service. The event itself was stories of faith and works of people who are Christians were telling their story of this is how my faith helps me flourish in the workplace and we had some live music with that and some food and that was a really helpful evening in showing the relevance of faith to life in the 21st century and to work which is a huge part of life for everyone. So it's helping people just make those connections that yeah Christianity is still relevant and God can make a difference to my life. Telling stories are a great thing. I mean, that's a real contemporary thing, isn't it? Talking, communicating through stories. Folk, you know, an in-house church word is testimony. Uh, I think I really like the expression just telling your story. Neil, can you give us some tips? If you're telling your life story, how you became a Christian, what are the things to, to avoid in telling your story and what's the things that you really should just naturally talk about? So I think before you tell your story, you want to listen. So often as Christians, we're just feeling, oh, I've got to, I've got to get this, this story out and I have to tell people yeah. about Jesus. Yeah. And it's always really helpful to listen well to, to the person that you're conversing with, to understand who they are and what they think about the world they live in, what their values are, um, what their objections to, to the plausibility of Christianity might be, because then you can start to tell your story in a way that makes sense for them and connects with their life and their world. So I think listening is the first step. Praying, obviously, you want to be prayerful as you converse with people about Jesus. I think another temptation is that we, we feel we have to tell the whole story in yeah. one go. So it's like, oh, I've got, I've got to get from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> um, 
in, in, in 10 minutes and I've got to explain the whole gospel and I've got to make sure they've got the whole package. Whereas most people who come to faith, they hear the story in, in, in small chunks of, and they hear the story many times from different people. And so I don't think we should feel I have to just splurge out the whole message mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the Bible in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but rather just listen to the person you're talking to and think, what can I say about my story and my experience of Jesus that's helpful to them in their circumstances? So it might be something to do with their family. Mm-hmm. And then how's, how's Jesus changed my experience of family as a Christian or my marriage? How does it change me as a parent? You know, so what's it like to, to parent out of grace? Mm-hmm. Sure. rather than just repeating the model of parenting that you, you were brought up with. So I think work is another really easy place to connect with people about work is a, a source of frustration for most of yeah. us and tension and stress. What difference does it make as, to live as a Christian in the workplace? So I think it's easy then to start just showing really helpfully to people that God God is real mm-hmm. and that God makes a real difference in my life in the day-to-day. And that's intriguing for people, I think. For you, I'll excuse my splurting. I've got a bit of a cold, you know. You know what a man with a cold is like. It's a near-death experience. Uh, Let's talk a wee bit about the gospel. I I find that a lot of folk have objections to Christianity. And when you pin them down and ask them what their objections are, I find myself sharing (laughs) the same objections because their picture of Christianity is is not really the gospel, what Jesus teaches. Is that your experience? Do folk really understand the gospel? You spoke about grace and, and, and mercy. Um, most folks seem to view it as a kind of do-it-yourself accumulation of good merits and good deeds. Um, what do you think are the main points of, of, of the gospel that we should share when we're telling our stories? I think we want to kind of be counterintuitive yeah, with people yeah. and uh, take them by surprise. So the, the, the common caricature of Christianity in Scotland is that it's moralistic, mm-hmm. it's joyless, it's harsh. Um, so I think we, we, we want to be able to kind of say to people, you know, that the Christian life is a joyful life, mm-hmm. which means we have to actually smile occasionally and look slightly less doer than, uh, than we're prone yeah, to. You're a real living example of that. Um, I think we want, we want to help people understand this is not moralism. The Bible is not a book of morality tales of how to be a good person. Rather that the Bible is the story of God's amazing grace at work in the lives of very messy, broken people. And uh, to show how grace unfolds through the work of Christ. So I think it's so important to disarm people because people come preloaded with ideas that make them hostile to Christianity or else just think Christianity is irrelevant. And so we want to kind of disarm them and say, actually, it's not what you think it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what it really is, is something that you would really love. Sure. Because there's a goodness here and a joy and love and beauty and kindness and uh, that's something that every human being aches for mm-hmm. and so if we can start to sort of peel back and show people a little bit of this I think that's very compelling for them. What about the character of Jesus? I mean is it true to say that 
sometimes the actions of the church are wholly indefensible. Sometimes the church gets it wrong. So it's important to talk about Jesus. You know, David Robertson's book, The Magnificent Obsession, uh, to get that idea over. So, I mean, it's a leading question, but how important is Jesus in your story? Well, the story is the story of Jesus. It's not my story. It's not the story of the church. Um, it's the story of Jesus. You know, we we don't point people to ourselves. We don't point people to the church. We point people to Christ. You know, there's only one saviour. And so everything we're trying to do is signpost people towards Jesus, that he's the hope of the world. He's the light of the world. He, he It's in him that beauty and goodness and freedom and forgiveness and joy are found. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, that puts such a kind of great responsibility in us that in the way that we live together as the people of God and the way that churches do community and, and worship together, that that reflects who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. So the disconnect is our responsibility. If, if, if the church feels and looks very different from who Jesus is, that disconnects something that we need to be really challenged about. Yeah, you and I were talking recently about one of my friends who's interested in Christianity. And you said, have you ever thought of reading the Bible with them? Now, again, that maybe could sound a little bit weird, but I know that UCCF have got a thing called Uncover. Um, how, explain to me a little bit, what does that look like, reading the Bible with somebody? Well, I use a tool called Word One to One, and uh, we, we use that in our congregation to some extent. So it's just a booklet of John's Gospel, and everybody gets a booklet, and you start to read through John's Gospel together, and there are lots of sidebars. There are lots of sidebars that sort of help explain or ask questions, answer questions. So it's just a way of one or two people or three or four people sitting around uh, John's Gospel and finding out who Jesus is. And I think, you know, we believe in the power of the gospel. We believe that the word speaks to people and that mm-hmm, God, mm-hmm. people meet God in his word. So I think taking to the Bible, people to the Bible is a great thing that we can do yeah. for them. And, and the Bible is a real book, isn't it? And it's located in real places with real people and you can engage with it. Yeah, and lots of people have rejected a book that they've never read. Absolutely. I, I think most folk have never read the Bible seriously. So I think, um, and I find if I ask somebody to read the Bible with me, they might say, nah, or they might say, not now. And then sometimes they say yes. So there's no harm done. Uh, you know, the the worst that somebody can say is no thanks. Sure. And people say no thanks to me all the time about <laughs> lots of stuff, so I'm okay with that. Well, it's great having a conversation, folks. Uh, this is our very first podcast. We hope, as we say, that it'll be the first of many. We hope that you've enjoyed our conversation and uh, I've certainly learned some stuff today. Hope that you've learned some stuff today and engage with Generation 19. First to the 10th September, something could be happening in your local congregation. Okay, thanks for listening and we may even hear from you next week. Bye.